She sees God. She's like, God, I thought you said I had another 30 to 40 years to live. God looks and says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> Whoops, I didn't recognize because the, anyway. <laughs> I didn't recognize you. I believe God wants to bless you with everything he has. I believe God wants to give you the best. I believe God wants to see you fulfill everything. But here's the thing. I believe God looks down sometimes and he looks and he doesn't recognize us. Because we are not the person God created us to be. And if we don't understand who God created us to be, we can never fulfill the purpose when he calls us. We see this taking place very clearly in, in Exodus. We see this. We see that, that, that God comes to Moses. And now it's easy for us to read this story and be like, man, Moses was a dummy. Why didn't you just say yes the first time? Probably the same reason you and I don't say yes the first time. Because we don't believe him when he says it. Okay? I mean, here is, here's God. And honestly, I've, I've come to realize that arguing with God is not a smart thing to do. You never win. And then, you know, like Moses, God gets ticked off at you. And I don't know about you, but I don't want God ticked off at me. But here's the battle that takes place in Exodus 3 and 4. God comes to Moses and is like, Moses, this is what you're going to do. And God's excited, man. He's, he's, God's got a plan and a mission whether you know it or not. And he's going to fulfill it one way or the other. And he comes and he comes to Moses much like he comes to us and says, hey, here's the purpose for your life. Here's what you're going to do. And we look at him and say, nope, you got the wrong person. I think you meant to talk to my wife. Okay. I think you want that person over there. And Moses begins to have this internal struggle with the thing that God wants him to do. Why? Because he doesn't understand who he is. He's like, God, you, you got the wrong person. You, 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 no, that, that can't be me. Okay? Can I, can I just tell you something? It's okay to feel like that. Okay? But, but just make sure it's not a, a false form of humility. Oh, like, oh, no, God, I mean, I, I couldn't do that. When deep down inside you're like, Phew. Okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Am I the only one that's done that before? Okay. It's okay to, to have some questions. It's okay to maybe even the first time God comes and say, God, are you sure? Okay. And kind of put it out there before him. But, you know, if God just lays it out again and says, hey, this is it. Don't keep arguing with God. Just say yes. All right. It, it's, it's a much better route to go. We see that Moses' struggle is, is, is not so much what God is asking him to do as much as it is he doesn't feel like he's qualified to do it, okay? And he doesn't feel like he's qualified, not in a, in a humility sense, but he doesn't feel like he's qualified because well, I can't do that. Why is he saying that? Because he doesn't know who he is. Jeremiah chapter 1, if you read that chapter, same thing happens to Jeremiah. God comes to Jeremiah and says, hey, Jeremiah, I want you to be the voice piece for the children of Israel. And Jeremiah looks at him and says, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a young person and I don't, I don't know how to talk, Okay? When God calls you, this God is not setting himself up for failure. Okay? So if God calls you, he probably knows what he's doing. Okay? Just maybe that's a good note to take. I'm, wow, revelation. God calls me, he knows what he's doing. Okay? And if you just log that in your mind, you'll have, you'll have a lot less arguments with God, trust me. Okay? What happens? Why does this happen? The reason this happens, the reason we struggle when God asks us to do something... Yes, it's because we don't know who we are, but not just because we don't know who we are, but Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, okay? If you look at that word conformed in its original text, it means do not be forced into a mold. Anybody ever made a jello mold before? Aren't those fun, okay? Don't be 
forced into the mold to look like this. How do we get forced in the mold? Very easily. We get forced in the mold because now we find our identity in someone or something. And because we found our identity in this person, we've been shoved into this mold, what the words they say about me, the things they think about me, the, the, view, the view that they have of me. And, and also, I become that when really I'm not that. Okay? And so we find, find our In other words, we've been shoved into a mold. The same thing happens with, with our job, whatever that job might be, or whatever, you know, thing we like to do, you know? I'm, I'm Billy Joe Bob the surfer, okay? Whatever it is, okay? We get shoved into this mold so much that if that thing gets taken away now, we all of a sudden feel lost, and where's our identity, and who am I? We're shoved into a mold. And listen to me. The Bible says in Romans chapter, do not be conformed. Do not be shoved into the mold of this world. Listen to me. It's not just, the Bible is not just saying it that simplistically. It's not just saying, hey, don't be shoved into the mold of this relationship. Don't be shoved into the mold of this job. In essence, it's saying this. Look, I, Jesus Christ, have called you out of the world for a much greater purpose, for a much greater task. And if you don't stay on task, if you don't stay on target with what I've called you, what is that? Well, we see in uh, in, uh, 1 Peter 2, that it's to proclaim Jesus Christ. If we don't stay on task, on target with that, then we could get shoved into the mold of the world. What's the mold of the world? Living for myself. Doing what seems right to me. But there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof leads to death. We can get shoved into that mold. And listen to me. It happens every day. No, and I know as we sit here, you know, we're in church, you know, and we're here in the Word of God, and we're like, yeah, it happens to those people out there all the time. No, it happens to you and I daily. We get shoved into this mold. If the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9, to proclaim the excellencies, here's who you are. Okay, and we're going to talk about that, chosen, all those things. If you know who you are, then this is what you ought to do. Then how come we're not doing that? Are you proclaiming daily the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? If not, maybe we're getting shoved into the mold. Are you with me this morning? So Romans 12, 2 encourages us, hey, don't be, don't be conformed. Don't be shoved into the mold of this world. I say, Ben, how do I keep from doing that? You know what? I, I don't know completely other than what the Bible says. And let me just give this to you, and then we're going to look at the word chosen real quick, and we'll be out of here. The only way I know how not to get shoved into a mold is by going to this mold right here. Is by going to the scriptures, is by going to the word of God, is by going to this. I've realized something. As I go to this, it tells me who I am. It really does begin to show me. Now, it doesn't say, you know, Ben Brinkman, you're going to be a pastor in downtown San Diego. Okay, all right, we understand that, okay? But it begins to show me who I am and how I live and the character that God wants to form in me. And as that character gets formed in me, then I hear the voice of God saying, hey, I want you to do this and I want you to do this. Are you with me? Okay. Okay. Not only that, I don't always hear the voice of God. He doesn't say, get up and take a shower. Okay. That's just common sense. Okay. God has given us a mind. Okay. And the reason he gave us that mind. Okay. Is to make good decisions. All right. How do I continue on that? Write these scriptures down if you will. We're not going to turn it. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 and Romans 1, 16 through 17. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21 that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? Romans 1, 16 and 17 says this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe 
For the Jew first, them for the Gentile. For in it, in what? In the gospel, in the word of God, the righteousness of God is being revealed from faith to faith. Who's the righteousness of God? We are. How do we get revealed more and more? Through the Bible. Okay? Okay? In it, the righteousness of God is being revealed from faith to faith every day. When I get up and I choose to read this and I choose to look at it, I choose to meditate, study it, whatever it is you like to do, as you do that, man, your life is being revealed more and more and more and more. It's almost like looking in a mirror. Okay, that's how I can be a good father. Okay, that's how I can be a good husband. Okay, that's how I can be a good employee. Okay, that's how I can be a good boss. Are you with me? Okay, that's how I can date, you know, not according to the world's standards, but according to God's standards. Okay, you're with me this morning, okay? Don't be shoved into a mold. How do I not get shoved into the mold? Very simply, man, stay right here in the Word of God. Write this one down. Write this verse down. Write Matthew 16, 13 through 20 down. And hopefully you'll, you'll take these and read them later. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. Great scripture. Jesus traveling with the disciples... Okay? And at one point he looks at the disciples and he says, Hey guys, who do people say that I am? Awesome. Peter pops up and he says, Oh man, people are saying you're this and you're that and you're, you're, you're a prophet or you're a good guy and all this stuff. Right? And they never hit it on the head. Okay? It says, this is what people are saying about you. And then Jesus changes the question and says, and directs it right at them, but who do you say that I am? Peter like... You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay? He discovers who Jesus is. And the coolest part about this scripture, I think, is the next part. Then, then, then Jesus looks at Peter and says, that's right. You've got it right. You know who I am. Now here's who you are. You are no longer, his name was Simon at the time. You're no longer Simon, but you're Peter. Yeah. What happened? He found his identity. How did he find his identity? By discovering who Jesus was. We discover who we are in the safety of who He is. We continue to look to Him, and as we continue to look to Him, He continues to reveal who we are. As we continue to read the Word, the righteousness, us, we're revealed from faith to faith. What does the Bible say about us as we tackle this topic today? 1 Peter 2.9, so many things listed there, but you're a chosen race, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, a people for His own possession. We're going to talk about all four of those. I want to look at the first one today real quickly, but you are a chosen race. You're a chosen race. I love two things about this. The first thing is this. I love the word chosen. The word chosen literally means this. It means picked out from amongst a larger group of people for a special purpose or privilege. How cool is that? Picked out from amongst a larger group of people for a special purpose and privilege. That's the word chosen. I love the next part. It says race. What does that tell me? That tells me that it's not just about me, but God's choosing many people. And if you just say yes to the choosing, God will use you. You're chosen. You're picked out from amongst a larger group of people for a special purpose and privilege. What does that say? That says it was intentional. The choosing process is intentional. It doesn't say, hey, you're just a race of people that I kind of found scattered around and, and I just kind of brushed you into the dustpan and said, okay, I'll use these people. Okay? That word chosen shows that God was intentional, that he took time, that he looked and said, I want that one and that one and that one and that one and that one. He was intentional. It means this. It means that my life is not by default. 
means my life is not a mistake. It means my life is not an accident. And there are too many people living by default rather than by design. And I believe that as we understand this word today that we are chosen, I'll begin to live by design and not by default. Are you with me? I don't want to live my life out of default. I don't want to sit there and think, you know, wow, did God really want to use me? Yeah, he did. How do I know that? It says it right there, I'm chosen. He was intentional. He picked me out from amongst a larger group of people. That is awesome. My life has meaning. My life has purpose. Now I, I really believe I can do what he tells me I can do because I know who I am. I am chosen. I am chosen. Let me give you these three things real quickly. I am chosen. Knowing I am chosen gives me, number one, position. Position. Knowing that I'm chosen means that I have a position on the team. Okay? Now, if you look at the corporate world, there are people battling for position. There are people trying to fight to get to the top. Guess what? God chose me. I don't have to fight to get to the top. He picked me. That means this, that when he saw me, it was intentional. He chose me. That means he had something in mind that he wanted me to do. I have a position in the kingdom of God. Okay? I have a place in the kingdom of God. The Bible talks about how each one of us are like living stones and he, and he picks us up and he puts us in our rightful spot, in our rightful position. When I understand that I'm chosen, it gives me position. Why is that so significant? Well, it's significant because we understand this, that the life I live is no longer my own, okay? But I live it under God. But not only that, the Bible says that I'm now seated with Christ in heavenly places. I don't know about you, but to me, that's a great position to be in. Yeah. Let, me, let me try to explain this to you. I, I, when I was growing up, I liked to play kickball. Does anybody remember kickball? How many of you guys would still love to play that? Maybe we'll play it at the beach day, okay? All right, somebody bring a rubber ball. I'll bring the bases. We're playing kickball, okay? I love playing kickball growing up. And I don't know why that stops. I don't even know why recess stops. I mean, I wish they would bring recess back to the job place, ladies and gentlemen. Are you with me on that one? Should we get a petition going? Give it to our bosses and say, hey, look, I think the 45-minute recess thing that we got rid of back here, we need to bring that back, okay? I don't know about you, but I would enjoy that, okay? And I love going on recess time when we go out and we play kickball. But before you could play kickball, you had to do something. You had to choose the teams, okay? Now, the bummer part about that was this, is that it would take like 30 minutes, and then you have 15 minutes to play kickball, Okay? But everybody knows how this works, and the choosing process is such a brutal thing at a young age, but it starts at a young age. Um, I was only in second grade, and we'd run out there, and, and I mean, I'm obviously taller, and it took me a while to catch up to my body, okay? So I was a little bit uncoordinated for a season, a long season. I'm still working on it, but... And we'd get out there, and we'd all line up, and they would pick two captains, and it's usually like the two coolest guys, and so here's one captain, here's the other captain, we're all lined up, and you know, you stand on the white line, and the choosing process begins, Okay? And they go down, and I'll take this one, I'll take that one, okay? There's something so cool about being picked first. Have you, you see the people that get picked first, right? They walk with a little bit of a strut, and they look back at the rest of the line like, yeah. You know, and they get picked for whatever reason. They got a big leg, you know? Have you ever seen that one kid with a really large leg, just like, <laughs> you know? I don't know why that image just came into my head, but he's a kickball pro. But the way those kids walk, okay? But as the line begins to shrink, it's like you see kids just kind of start to hang their heads. I was never one of those kids because I couldn't run fast, but I could kick it. I was the kid with a really big leg. I don't know what happened, but... 
I was never, but you look back at those kids and they're just, they're, their head starts to hang and they kind of start to drop back a little bit like, I didn't want to play this anyway. You know what I'm talking about? And then they, you know, as they get about 10 feet away, then they run the other way together and they play a different game. Like, oh, you guys are playing kickball? Oh, you know. <laughs> There's something about that choosing thing, though, that when you're the first one, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm on the team. They wanted me. Okay, but when it gets to the end, it's just like, okay, the last three, you go here and the other three, you go there. Okay? There's nothing confident building about that. Are you with me this morning? Think about it. This is what God did for you. God looked down and he said, I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. You don't have to hang your head. You don't have to run away and go play another game. Are you with me this morning? God is choosing you and he wants you on his kickball team. Okay? And it's going to be a vicious game of kickball. (laughs) Knowing I'm chosen, number one, it gives me position. I know that I'm in the right position. Number two, knowing I'm chosen gives me confidence. It gives me confidence. Not only do I have position, but now I have confidence. Why? Because I've been picked. My life is not default. I have confidence. I can accomplish this. I can do this. Why? Because I know that I'm chosen. When I don't know I'm chosen, I have no confidence. But when I know that I'm chosen, I have confidence. I know I'm going to be used for something. And because God picked me, I know I'm going to be used for something pretty phenomenal. It gives me confidence. And there's something so awesome about confidence. Someone told me this one time, and I'm not talking about arrogance. Please do not mistake arrogance for confidence or cockiness. Okay? I'll be honest with you. Now, I battled. I battled with my identity because I have three older brothers. And I bat, being the youngest of four, man, I battled at times. And I had to come to grips that I am who I am by the grace of God. And I, the only way I'm going to fulfill what he called me to do is if I become comfortable with who I am. And I battled with that. But I'm telling you, there was so much confidence that came when I understood that God had chosen me for something that he didn't choose them for. Okay? Not, not in an arrogant sense, not in a cocky sense, but just, God, you've, you've put me in this place. And this is what I'm to do. And there is confidence, and please, there is nothing wrong with confidence. Someone told me this once, confidence is your ticket to anywhere. Okay? Now, that could be misused, ladies and gentlemen. My friend, you know, we tried it a couple times, you know? Like just, you know, like if there's the concert and you don't have tickets, you just walk like you have tickets. Like, hey, what up? And you just walk right in, you know? (laughs) It works. (laughs) Just don't abuse it, okay? Confidence, man, it's your... When I understand that I'm chosen, I, I have confidence. The, the, this is, this is, the choosing process is so unique to me, and, and you see it at its all-time best in the grocery store. You really do. Not just in any part of the grocery store, but in the produce section. You can see people choosing things in the produce. How many of you guys like to shop for produce, okay? Now, everybody knows you don't just walk through the produce section and just start shoving produce, and, and you never see that. If you do see that, they're like, amateur shopper right there, Okay? All right? When you walk through the produce section, you check the fruit out, okay? And so when you walk through, man, you pick up an apple and you, like, you make sure there's no bruises, right? And then you, you place it in the bag and then you go through and pick some more apples and, and put them in the bag. And, and then you walk a little further and, and, you know, and I love choosing avocados, okay? Or otherwise known as guacamoles, okay? I love choosing the guacamoles, all right? Because if you want, if you want, if you want guacamoles that night, okay? <laughs> If you want avocados that night and you want to make like a nice guacamole, you've got to, you've got to select your avocados. Because if you pick one up that's too hard, it's like you have to set those on the shelf for a little while, okay? 
But if you pick one up that's just not too squishy, because then it's going to be all brown on the inside, okay? But it's just got to be that right soft. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? This is, okay? What does that do for you? It gives you confidence that tonight you're going to have a good meal because I chose the right avocados, okay? All right? My favorite, though, by by all-time favorite is the watermelon. Because I did not learn until later in life how to choose a good watermelon, all right? And, and someone taught me one time is that, that you take the watermelon and you spank the watermelon, okay? And when you spank the watermelon, if it sounds a little bit hollow, it's a good watermelon, okay? If you don't hear that hollow sound, I know some people knock or whatever, but I just, I don't know. And so when you hear that though, man, that's going to be a good watermelon. So, so you walk through there and people are squeezing, spanking, smelling fruit, tasting fruit, like, is this going to be a good night, you know? Are you with me, Okay. What does that do? It gives you confidence that, man, we're going to have some killer watermelon tonight or some killer guacamole. Are you with me? Okay. That's what God did with you. Well, he didn't spank you and all that, but the doctor did that when you came out, remember? <laughs> no, of course you don't. But. but this is what God did with you. He looked down and he chose you because he had something in mind for you. And so not only does that give me position, it gives me confidence. It gives me confidence. Lastly, as we close... Knowing that I'm chosen, number three, it gives me joy. It gives me joy. The Bible says in Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and the last one is joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm so so set, and I told my wife from day one, I am so set that we are going to enjoy this journey. We're going to have joy in the journey. And if there's any angry people that get in my journey, I'm kicking them out of my journey, okay? All right, I don't want little angry trolls running around stealing my joy, okay? I'm going to kick them and kick them hard. <laughs> so my kickball came in. I said, ah, practice, you know? Okay. I want joy in the journey. And knowing that I'm chosen by God gives me joy. It, it really does. It not only gives me position, this is, it not only gives me confidence, I, I can do this, but it gives me joy in the journey, Okay. Why? Because I'm in His will. I'm in His purpose. That means I'm in His presence. And in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. I want joy. And there's something about being chosen. There's something about being picked for something specific. And you you can even think about this. There's something about receiving a gift that was just picked for you that gives you joy. Okay? I I love getting money. I love getting gift cards from birthday and Christmas and things like that. And it's like, oh, sweet gift card, thank you. But when, man, when my daughters make me something, or I know that somebody went shopping because they heard me mention something seven months ago, they're like, yeah, I remember when we were hanging out and you mentioned that you didn't have, you know, one of these, and so here you go, you know? <laughs> my wife loves it when my mom does that, gets her the thing for cooking. <laughs> the pie pans, I love them. Make some pies, please. There's, just joke. But think about it now. There's something when someone gets you that gift and they, they thought about you. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? There's just so much joy that like, wow, this is for me. Now, I didn't experience this growing up. And just because there's this word that I, I, this phrase that I've just had to get over and it's called hand-me-downs. Okay. Now, remember, I'm the youngest of four. Okay. And we're all boys. My oldest brother is 16 years older than me. 16 years of hand-me-downs. Are you with me? Can you feel my pain? I mean, for all of you, Christmas was like, oh, sweet. For me, Christmas was like, oh, wow. My older brother wore that in his graduating picture from high school, you know? Like, wow. 
That's great. And, you know, it, you know, I wanted to open the toys. No, I opened up hand-me-downs, okay? And it's really bad when they start handing me down the underwear, okay? Like, 16 years, this is just, I'm sorry. It just popped in, and it's just, sorry, Jesus, forgive me. Hand-me-downs, okay? Now, you know, hopefully they washed it, okay? But there was no joy in that, man. It was just like this, like, great, you know? But when you get that one gift that they intentionally picked out for you, you're just like, Wow. You run over and give mom and dad a big hug, a big kiss, <laughs> but not with hand-me-downs. When you've been chosen, there's so much joy because I know that God isn't going to give me a hand-me-down. I know that God isn't going to be like, well, you know, just, there you go. There you go. He took time. He was intentional. He squeezed, he spanked, he picked. And he said, this is what I have for you. This, it gives me position, it gives me confidence, and it gives me joy, knowing that I'm chosen. Who am I? I'm chosen. Really? Yeah, therefore I can know my position. I can have confidence fulfilling it. So when God comes and says, hey, this is what I want you to do. Okay, God, I'm doing it. And as I'm doing it, because I'm chosen, I know God doesn't want to fail. Therefore, he's not going to let me fail. Guess what? I have joy in the journey. Here's the cool thing. Revelations 3 says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. What is he doing? He's choosing. I want you. I'm knocking on your door. Open up. And if any of us say yes to the choosing and allow him to come in, man, there's a great relationship. But not only is there a great relationship, there's a great position, there's great confidence, and there's great joy. God, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you that your word, God, is so awesome. God, we thank you that your word, Lord, is not just something to be talked about on Sundays, but God, your word, God, is something to be read and meditated on every day. And God, as we meditate on your word, Lord, we're, 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 we're understanding that our life is being revealed to us. And so this morning, God, as we look at 1 Peter 2, 9, we understand, God, that we're chosen. We understand that you have a pers- purpose for our life. God, we understand that our life was intentional. God, in knowing those things, God, knowing that you have a position for us gives us such confidence and gives us such joy. Lord, I pray this morning for every person in here, including myself. God, if any of us are struggling with that identity, if any of us are struggling, who who am I? Who am I really? I pray that this morning, God, it would be maybe not all the way settled, but God, we'd take a closer step. And God, the settling process would begin knowing that we're chosen, knowing that we're chosen. Hallelujah. Just as your eyes are closed and you're thinking about your life this morning, that process that God takes us through really never stops. Because, see, our our, our position can change as God chooses us. And so maybe this season of life, you, you found that position and that confidence and that joy but God could come and say hey awesome it's time to graduate I'm choosing you that was good preparation for what I, I, I got for you next Then that job you had over here that was great preparation but don't find your identity in that job find your identity in me therefore no matter where you move no matter what job you go to no matter where you find yourself you can have confidence knowing that I'm God over your life and therefore you can have joy. This morning as you're thinking about your life, 
What area is God knocking on this morning? So I know the Bible says that, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And oftentimes I see that as a front door. And if I open that front door, he'll come into my home. But just because he's in my home doesn't mean he's in my bedroom. Doesn't mean he's in my kids' room. And sometimes we let God in. But we shut other doors. We shove all the clutter to that one room and shut the door so no one sees the clutter. And some of us have done that with our life. We've let God in, but God is knocking again. He's not knocking at your front door anymore. He's knocking at that one door where you shoved all the clutter to, the secret sins, the secret desires, the things that you don't want him to see. And he's knocking on that door this morning and he's saying, hey, I'm choosing that area of your life too. Would you give it to me? 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 Yeah. So Lord, this morning I pray we'd hear the knock and we'd open. God, whatever corridor it may be, whatever room it may be, would open it to you. The addictions that we're struggling with, the confidence that we feel like we lack in, those thoughts that run through our mind, God, the lack of, the lack of desire or drive that we might feel, God, we open it to you this morning. We say, God, we give it to you. Be Lord of our life. Be Lord of our life. Be sovereign in every area of our life. Hallelujah. Did me. Okay, but when it gets to the end, it's just like, okay, the last three you go here and the other three you go there. Okay? There's nothing confident building about that. Are you with me this morning? Think about it. This is what God did for you. God looked down and he said, I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. You don't have to hang your head. You don't have to run away and go play another game. Are you with me this morning? God is choosing you and he wants you on his kickball team. Okay? And it's going to be a vicious game of kickball. <laughs> Knowing I'm chosen, number one, it gives me position. I know that I'm in the right position. Number two, knowing that I'm chosen gives me confidence. It gives me confidence. Not only do I have position, but now I have confidence. Why? Because I've been picked. My life is not default. I have confidence. I can accomplish this. I can do this. Why? Because I know that I'm chosen. When I don't know I'm chosen, I have no confidence. But when I know that I'm chosen, I have confidence. I know I'm going to be used for something. And because God picked me, I know I'm going to be used for something pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It gives me confidence. And there's something so awesome about confidence. Someone told me this one time, and I'm not talking about arrogance. Please do not mistake arrogance for confidence or cockiness. Okay? I, I'll be honest with you. Man, I battled. I battled with my identity because I have three older brothers. And I bat, being the youngest of four, man, I battled at times. And I had to come to grips that I am who I am by the grace of God. And I, the only way I'm going to fulfill what he called me to do is if I become comfortable with who I am. And I battled with that. But I'm telling you, there was so much confidence that came when I understood that God had chosen me for something that he didn't choose them for. Okay? Not, not in an arrogant sense, not in a cocky sense, but just, God, you've, you've put me in this place. And this is what I'm to do. And there is confidence. And please, there is nothing wrong with confidence. Someone told me this once, confidence is your ticket to anywhere. Okay? Now, that could be misused, ladies and gentlemen. I, my friend, you know, we tried it a couple times, you know. Like just, you know, like if there's the concert and you don't have tickets, you just walk like you have tickets. Like, hey, what up? And you just walk right in, you know. It works. <laughs> just don't abuse it, okay? Confidence, man, it's your... When I understand that I'm chosen, I, I have confidence. The, the, this is, this is, the choosing process is so unique to me, and, and you see it at its all-time best in the grocery store. 
You really do. Not just in any part of the grocery store, but in the produce section. You can see people choosing things in the produce. How many of you guys like to shop for produce, okay? Now, everybody knows you don't just walk through the produce section and just start shoving produce, and you never see that. If you do see that, they're like, amateur shopper right there, okay? All right? When you walk through the produce section, you check the fruit out, okay? And so when you walk through, man, you pick up an apple, and you, like, you make sure there's no bruises, right? And then you, you place it in the bag, and then you go through and pick some more apples and, and put them in the bag. And, and then you walk a little further, and, and, you know, and I love choosing avocados, okay? Or otherwise known as guacamoles, okay? I love choosing the guacamoles, all right? Because if you want, if you want, if you want guacamoles that night, okay? <laughs> If you want avocados that night and you want to make like a nice guacamole, you've got you to select your avocados. Because if you pick one up that's too hard, it's like you have to set those on the shelf for a little while, okay? But if you pick one up that's just not too squishy, because then it's going to be all brown on the inside, okay? But it's just got to be that right soft. You all know what I'm talking about, right? This is, okay? What does that do for you? It gives you confidence that tonight you're going to have a good meal because I chose the right avocados, okay? All right? My favorite, though, by all, by all time favorite is the watermelon. Because I did not learn until later in life how to choose a good watermelon, all right? And, and someone taught me one time is that, that you take the watermelon and you spank the watermelon, okay? And when you spank the watermelon, if it sounds a little bit hollow, it's a good watermelon, okay? If you don't hear that hollow sound, I know some people knock or whatever, but I just, I don't know. And so when you hear that though, man, that's going to be a good watermelon. So, so you walk through there and people are squeezing, spanking, smelling fruit, tasting fruit. Like, is this going to be a good night? You know, are you with me? Okay. What does that do? It gives you confidence that, man, we're going to have some killer watermelon tonight or some killer guacamole. Are you with me? Okay. That's what God did with you. Well, he didn't spank you and all that, but the doctor did that when you came out, remember? <laughs> no, of course you don't, but... But this is what God did with you. He looked down and he chose you because he had something in mind for you. And so not only does that give me position, it gives me confidence. It gives me confidence. Lastly, as we close, knowing that I'm chosen, number three, it gives me joy. It gives me joy. The Bible says in Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and the last one is joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm so set, and I told my wife from day one, I am so set that we are going to enjoy this journey. We're going to have joy in the journey. And if there's any angry people that get in my journey, I'm kicking them out of my journey, okay? All right, I don't want little angry trolls running around stealing my joy, okay? I'm going to kick them and kick them hard. <laughs> so I kickball came in. I said, ah, practice, you know, okay? I want joy in the journey. And knowing that I'm chosen by God gives me joy, it, it really does. It not only gives me position, this is, it not only gives me confidence, I, I can do this, but it gives me joy in the journey, okay? Why? Because I'm in His will, I'm in His purpose, that means I'm in His presence, and in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. I want joy. And, and there's something about being chosen, there's something about being picked for something specific, and, and you, you can even think about this, there's something about receiving a gift that was just picked for you that gives you joy, Okay? I, mean, I love getting money. <laughs> I love getting gift cards from birthday and Christmas and things like that. And it's like, oh, sweet gift card, thank you. But when, man, when my daughters make me something, or I know that somebody went shopping because they heard me mention something seven months ago, they're like, yeah, I remember when we were hanging out and you mentioned that you didn't have, you know, one of these, and so here you go, you know? <laughs> my wife loves it when my mom does that, gets her the 
thing for cooking. <laughs> the pie pans. I love them. Make some pies, please. There's... <laughs> just joking. But think about it now. There's something when someone gets you that gift and they, they thought about you. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? There's just so much joy that like, wow, this is for me. Now, I didn't experience this growing up. And just because there's this word that I, I, this phrase that I've just had to get over and it's called hand-me-downs. Okay? Now, remember, I'm the youngest of four. Okay? And we're all boys. My oldest brother is 16 years older than me. 16 years of hand-me-downs. Are you with me? Can you feel my pain? I mean, for all of you, Christmas was like, wow, sweet. For me, Christmas was like, oh, wow. My older brother wore that in his graduating picture from high school, you know? Like, wow, that's great. And, you know, it, you know I wanted to open the toys. No, I opened up hand-me-downs, okay? And it's really bad when they start handing me down the underwear, okay? Like, 16 years, this is just, I'm sorry. It just popped in, and it's just, sorry, Jesus, forgive me. Hand-me-downs, okay? Now, you know, hopefully they washed it, okay? But there was no joy in that, man. It was just like this, like, great, you know? But when you get that one gift that they intentionally picked out for you, you're just like, wow. You run over and give mom and dad a big hug, a big kiss, <laughs> but not with hand-me-downs. When you've been chosen, there's so much joy because I know that God isn't going to give me a hand-me-down. I know that God isn't going to be like, well, you know, just, there you go. There you go. He took time. He was intentional. He squeezed, he spanked, he picked. And he said, this is what I have for you. This, it gives me position, it gives me confidence, and it gives me joy, knowing that I'm chosen. Who am I? I'm chosen. Really? Yeah, therefore I can know my position. I can have confidence fulfilling it. So when God comes and says, hey, this is what I want you to do. Okay, God, I'm doing it. And as I'm doing it, because I'm chosen, I know God doesn't want to fail. Therefore, he's not going to let me fail. Guess what? I have joy in the journey. Here's the cool thing. Revelations 3 says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. What is he doing? He's choosing. I want you. I'm knocking on your door. Open up. And if any of us say yes to the choosing and allow him to come in, man, there's a great relationship. But not only is there a great relationship, there's a great position, there's great confidence, and there's great joy. God, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you that your word, God, is so awesome. God, we thank you that your word, Lord, is not just something to be talked about on Sundays, but God, your word, God, is something to be read and meditated on every day. And God, as we meditate on your word, Lord, we're, 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 we're understanding that our life is being revealed to us. And so this morning, God, as we look at 1 Peter 2, 9, we understand, God, that we're chosen. We understand that you have a purpose for our life. God, we understand that our life was intentional. God, in knowing those things, God, knowing that you have a position for us, gives us such confidence and gives us such joy. Lord, I pray this morning for every person in here, including myself. God, if any of us are struggling with that identity, if any of us are struggling, who, who am I? Who am I really? I pray that this morning, God, it would be maybe not all the way settled, but God, we'd take a closer step. And God, the settling process would begin knowing that we're chosen, knowing that we're chosen. Hallelujah.
Just as your eyes are closed and you're thinking about your life this morning. That process that God takes us through really never stops. Because, see, our, our, our position can change as God chooses us. And so maybe this season of life, you, you found that position and that confidence and that joy, but God could come and say, hey, awesome, it's time to graduate. I'm choosing you. That was good preparation for what I, I, I got for you next. Man, that job you had over here, that was great preparation, but don't find your identity in that job. Find your identity in me. Therefore, no matter where you move, no matter what job you go to, no matter where you find yourself, you can have confidence knowing that I'm God over your life. And therefore, you can have joy. This morning, as you're thinking about your life, what area is God knocking on this morning? So I know the Bible says that, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And oftentimes I see that as a front door. And if I open that front door, he'll come into my home. But just because he's in my home doesn't mean he's in my bedroom. Doesn't mean he's in my kids' room. And sometimes we let God in. But we shut other doors. We shove all the clutter to that one room and shut the door so no one sees the clutter. And some of us have done that with our life. We've let God in, but God is knocking again. He's not knocking at your front door anymore. He's knocking at that one door where you shoved all the clutter to, the secret sins, the secret desires, the things that you don't want him to see. And he's knocking on that door this morning and he's saying, hey, I'm choosing that area of your life too. Would you give it to me? 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 Yeah. So Lord, this morning I pray we'd hear the knock and we'd open. God, whatever corridor it may be, whatever room it may be, would open it to you. The addictions that we're struggling with, the confidence that we feel like we lack in, those thoughts that run through our mind, God, the lack of, the lack of desire or drive that we might feel, God, we open it to you this morning. We say, God, we give it to you. Be Lord of our life. Be Lord of our life. Be sovereign in every area of our life. Hallelujah.